Hello, welcome to Pep Talk for Writers. My name is Nick Jaina. That uh, opening thing that you hear is from my new album, Credo, which is available for pre-order on vinyl right now. Nick Jaina. Go to nickjaina.com to hear all of everything about that and other things, writing workshops, books, and such. I want to talk today about a device I use to help me with metaphor. And when I was in high school and I learned about metaphor and simile and all those things, they, they just seemed like parsing of things, like the distinction was so important to make between those things. Um, I'm talking about metaphor, analogy, simile, allegory. All those things are basically saying, um, I see this in this, like the alchemists say, as above, so below. Those are all in that same category of, I'm making connections between these two different things. To me, that is such an important aspect of a writerly voice, is the connections that you see, that you personally see. And I believe that when those connections are more difficult for us to make, they are more unique and more interesting. If I just say to you, uh, you know, how is an orange like a tangerine? Like, there's not a lot there to work with. Uh, you know, the, the, it's so obvious the connections that there's, it's hard to make something that is really true to your perspective that is really unique. And if I say to you, how is an orange like an ocean liner? Okay, there's more interpretation there. There are different angles that you could make that connection. And if that sounds like a ridiculous comparison, then you're going to love slash hate <laughs> today's uh, idea for writing prompt. So when I was a kid, I was really into Alice in Wonderland and I read the books and I got the annotated version of Alice in Wonderland by Martin Gardner. And in the section where uh, she meets the Mad Hatter, the Mad Hatter, uh, the Mad Hatter asks her kind of a nonsensical riddle and it's never answered in the book. He says, how is a raven like a writing desk? And it's just in the chaos of this tea party and it's it's never really addressed and they move on and you never hear the answer to this riddle. So whether or not there was an answer to the riddle, we don't know, but um, it, it, it was intriguing enough to get people to think about it. And Martin Gardner in this uh, annotated version offered some possible answers to it. You know, working from this question, he tried to come up with an answer, which is a challenging thing to do, especially to try to make it like funny and clever. Um, one that I remember him saying was something like, the notes for which they are noted are not particularly musical. Anyway, years later, I was at a alternative uh, theater performance, like an immersive theater performance in Brooklyn called And She Fell. And it took place in this old uh, mental institution like a multi-story mental institution and you walked in and there was only 12 audience members and you went to these different rooms and um like alice took me you know it, it was based on alice in wonderland so they had all these characters and alice like took me to her dressing room and was like combing her hair and then i went to see um the mad hatter and he was and he had all this crumpled up paper and he was saying a bunch of mad hattery nonsense and at one point he said how is a how is a raven like a writing desk and then he turned to me the only person in the room with him and said well and it was like <laughs> you know i'd done the homework like i knew the answer you know to this unanswerable riddle and i i'm sure i stuttered a bit and said uh, the notes on what for which they are noted are not particularly musical and and the man hatter took took a second and looked at me and said 
you could work on your delivery, you know. <laughs> but, you know, I was glad that I had that answer. Anyway, coming out of that, when I th was thinking about how do I work this muscle of metaphor, which is so important to poetry, but I think it's so important to all writing. You know, when I, when I see writers with the core of this poetic muscle, like Ocean Vuong or Margaret Atwood, when they write longer stories, when they write prose, it's just so effective because they can, they just have this core to them that's so powerful. It's like when I see dancers with ballet training do contemporary dance, you can just see this sharpness to everything that they do because they, they work so hard at this muscle, you know? So how do we do that with writing? Like, how do we exercise muscles? This is one way that I have to do it. Um, and I think a good sign of when you are exercising a muscle is when it feels hard at first and you feel like you hit this little barrier of, I don't want to do this because it's hard. Isn't writing supposed to be brilliant? Isn't it supposed to be something that I just reach for and, and it's there and it's amazing and everyone says, you're a genius, here's an award? You know, that's the impression we have of writing. I think it's more there's more interesting writing that comes from doing the work. And so somebody who maybe is thought of as having a proclivity to write this way, um, it doesn't mean when they sit down and they're reaching for a metaphor in the middle of a sentence, it doesn't mean that they necessarily are going to have it right away, or, or it doesn't necessarily mean it always comes easy to them, right? Um, it's a muscle that you build, and really what you're building is a trust that I can push through difficulty and not knowing and get somewhere really interesting. So this is a way to practice that. The way that I do it with a class is we just call out random things, anything. Um, Martha Stewart, uh, an orange, an ocean liner, Steely Dan, uh, a, a box of silverware, uh, a rubber band, a kitten, a uh, Trump Tower, you know, j just list a bunch of things and then try to randomize it somehow, close your eyes and point or whatever it is, and pick two things at random, and then just say, how is a blank like a blank? How is a tangerine like an ocean liner? How is a kitten like uh, Martha Stewart, you know? And no matter how easy or difficult it seems, push through that initial resistance. A lot of times I still do this and I'll pick one and I'll be like, oh, there's no way. And if I just push through the first couple sentences, I break through to this area where I'm like, oh my God, they have so much in common. This is amazing. And really that extra work of doing the unexpected, doing what seemed impossible at first is what really makes this quality of writing really powerful. Um, making unexpected connections. I, I would list that as one of my favorite things about good writing is when I am surprised by the connections that a writer makes. And you can apply that to metaphor, you can apply that to analogy, allegory, simile, whatever. But the main muscle of it is this thing that I think you can practice with this exercise. So try this out. Um, just pick some things at random, like point to words in a book, whatever it is. Ask somebody next to you to, to say random things. Make a list of about 10 and then just point to them at random and try this a few times. Do a paragraph or so about each pairing of words. If you feel inspired, go longer, but otherwise just keep moving through it and keep trying it. And you'll find some are really easy, some are more difficult, but I guarantee you the ones that are difficult will surprise you in when you push through that resistance and you find something really interesting. It's, it's, it's kind of revelatory. It's like, ah, thank God I discovered this, you know, it's, a, it's its own unique thing. And that's one component I think that we're looking for in metaphor. 
there's more to it than that, of course, that needs to fit into the story and needs to be grounded and needs to have a purpose. But this is one way to explore this ability that I think is really important. And I find myself now in moments where I'm writing something. I was just doing this the other day. I was writing about, I was writing about grief and I was writing about dreams. Um, I was first writing about dreams and then grief came up. And I was like, oh, I really have something to say about grief. And then I was like, wait, what do dreams and grief have in common? Um, if I'm writing about both of these, I need some transition or something that, you know, threads this needle. I was like, oh, shoot, I don't know if these have anything in common. And I just said, what does grief have in common with dreams, you know? And I just wrote that out. And it was so helpful to, to work on something that then became this kind of connective tissue that helped me stitch this piece together. And so I was writing about two different things, but it, it really connected. It really m was intentional that these two things were in there. It wasn't just tangential. Try it out. How is a raven like a writing desk? You can even do it just talking to people. You don't have to do it on the page, but I think it's you know better on the page by yourself. Um, it hurts a little bit in your brain, but I think that's the sign that you're getting a new a new fold. <laughs> I don't know if it works that directly, but it'd be nice to feel like anytime you like sort of your brain hurts, like your brain is like folding a new a new little corner of knowledge, uh, storage, synapse. I don't know how brains work. Anyway, uh, I'll play some instrumental music right now for you to do some writing. Good luck. Keep at it. You're doing great. <laughs> 